Hello, everybody. You're listening to episode 16 of 8 Minute Movies, Knives 8, a podcast talking about the 2019 movie Knives Out in 8 Minute Chunks, presented by me, Kieran, and him, Peter. This is a sequential podcast that contains spoilers for Knives Out, so you should go watch the movie first before listening and start this podcast with episode one of this season. Peter, Peter, it's the final episode. The final episode. We made it. What a thrill. Yes, uh, it's been such a pleasure to make this film with you. Yes, we, we made the film, as we discussed earlier. This yeah. it, uh, it, In no way was anyone other than us responsible for the creation of this movie. Mm. Not even the actors. No. <laughs> um, as is tradition at the end of the season, I assume that you're ready to um, summarize how you felt about the film in the form of a brief haiku. Uh, I am not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes I wish you'd just uh, you'd just you just run with my uh, my excellent plans. Uh, okay, look here we go. Uh, let's see. I thought it was good. Yep. The film made me very pleased. Okay. Let's watch it again. There we go. Okay. Okay. I I feel like that's not a haiku, but <laughs> yes, it is. Good, good enough. It was. It's fine. It's fine. We won't argue. Um. Of course, anything is a haiku if you just believe hard enough. Mm. 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 Um. So, oh, oh, so I'm quite excited for the last episode. I'm uh, all a shiver. Yeah, we'll have to figure out how to proceed from here. Mm. So, um, so how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've moved. I've moved. Yeah, it's from... over. It's over. It's finally done. Yes, I've moved from one place to the other. I don't need to go back to the old place anymore. So it's it, it's really happened now. I've, I... I've, I've got to admit, it brought a it brought a tear to my eye to go back to your flat and just burn it to the ground <laughs> after you left. Agreed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> for um, the money. <laughs> <what> money. <laughs> well, doesn't belong to us. <laughs> I assume someone gets some money, and I get to start a fire. <laughs> um, no, we we got our deposit back because I spent several grueling hours just getting all of that life gunk that builds up in a place over the course of many years. Mm. Ugh. It was not pleasant. It was probably one of the busiest weeks of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's done now. I can relax here. The microphone is set up. I can record yeah. a podcast. What more can you ask for? I, th I think this was literally the first thing I insisted you set up. <laughs> well, get it was, in. It was easy. Uh, a lot of the reason that I wanted to set this up quickly is not only because uh, of recording this podcast, but because the little uh, key that gets me into Final Fantasy fourteen is attached to this microphone stand, and so I needed it to be accessible for both of these tasks. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I forgot that you had an RSA key to log into a game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I wanted to attach uh, I wanted to attach it to something that I was 
unlikely to lose, and mm. uh, this microphone stand seemed to fit. Yeah, genuinely would be quite hard to lose a three-foot-long like steel microphone stand, I suppose. I, I can't argue with that. I just thought, if I attach it to anything that is in any way portable, I'm going to lose it within a week, and Correct. then it's yeah. going to be um, difficult to get into my account again. And um, and so I've, I thought, I will attach it to something that is... <sighs> That you can attach a keyring to, but is also just not going anywhere. Mm, mm, and, like um, so like a child. It. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there was recently a patch released for Final Fantasy fourteen. You can now live on your own island and uh, just wander around it and gather things and tend to crops and build little buildings on it. And Can, can you make that be the whole game if you want? Uh I mean, you do have to get to level ninety before this feature um, is unlocked. <laughs> okay, that feels like that feels like the answer to that question is no, then, isn't it? No, I mean, if uh, once you got to level ninety, you just wanted to do that, uh, you want to retire. <laughs> that's fine, but it, it it would probably be quite boring because stuff happens on fairly slow cycles on the island hmm. and so you'd, there'd, there'd be a lot of just kind of waiting yeah i mean you did describe it to me before and it, I, I felt it sounded a bit like sort of 3d animal crossing um yeah a little bit um it's uh i mean without the island friends you've got yeah. no visitors really you're just hanging out there on your own which uh, uh is Many times you've described that as your kind of I- ideal state of existence, just going <laughs> far away to some sort of isolated spot somewhere where nobody can bother you. Yeah, I uh, I, I often consider buying a second Elite Dangerous account just so that I can go vertically out of the plane of a galaxy. And <laughs> <laughs> just be like, bye! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether it would look like a galaxy if you got far enough out. Um, <laughs> do you mean in in real life or in the game? In, uh, in the game, if oh, if you got you. far enough uh, out, would it start looking like the Milky Way galaxy? There's a um, there's a character in the um, in the Larry Niven books called Louis Wu who um, uh all humans are basically immortal at this point in, mm-hmm. in society and he he gets so fed up with humans periodically that he does what he calls a sabbatical which is just getting in a single person spaceship with um like a faster than light drive mm-hmm. pointing it out of you know <laughs> out of the human sphere of influence flying away for basically ever until he gets so desperate for human contact that he comes back and i'm like oh big mood honestly um i've I've done that in uh, elite dangerous honestly uh, before yeah didn't Uh, didn't you didn't you do the quest to the core or whatever sagittarius a star black hole yeah i've done that but uh but i've also done pointing it in a direction where i'm like oh what hasn't been very explored that doesn't look very explored and just pointing it in that direction, just going there for as long as I can stand, and then <laughs> eventually turning back. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a very relaxing game in some, in some ways. I do keep meaning to get back into Elite Dangerous, but um, for some reason, when I, when I logged out the last time, I, I'm near a space station, and I can't remember how you dock. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah. 
Uh, I got a, f- a fairly decent knack for it, but I, I can understand why people find it difficult. It, it's I, I like the controls of the game because it feels that it does actually feel a bit like you're driving something. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I was fairly okay at docking. It's just that it's been about seven years since I played. <laughs> yeah, it's it feels just technical enough to make you feel like you're doing. You you are actually mm. operating a massive machine. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Anyway, how are you? Um, I am okay. I'm fine. This is the last episode. I'm excited and sweaty. Um, been up to anything? I, I was going to ask you a quick question. Oh, go on. Where where are we at on um starting our true crime podcast? In did I say podcast? Fine, we'll I, roll I with it. Yeah. A podcast. Uh, the prod a podcast is something different than another yeah. regular. Um, yeah. where, where are we on saying our true crime podcast uh, about your murderous neighbour? Is that is that still in the cards or? Um... Uh, well, as I said, there was a sighting of yeah, the yeah. Um, uh, of the potential murdery. Yeah, but um, the thing the thing is, I I was thinking about it between episodes, and I think that you might have been fooled. You know, like how in Home Alone, um, the kid sets up. Uh, like standees in the window to wave to you know fool Harry and Marv into thinking that um that there are people in the house. I think that it might be that. Right. Well. Well. I I have said hello to her and she said hello back. Mm, but it, did it sound like a recording? No. Oh. Well, and she was walking think, around. I don't think we're ever going to get to record a true crime podcast about your murderous neighbour. No, I did. I I had a, an idea for a podcast. Actually, <laughs> it's not quite a true crime podcast, but it's one that I think should be done in the style of a true true crime podcast. Um, is uh, solving people's really trivial mysteries <laughs> that they bring us. Um, uh, is, is is this about me losing my keys? No, actually, I was thinking about um, I was thinking about Smithy's calf. <laughs> oh fuck! All right, that's gonna be, thanks. That's gonna require some explanation, right? So Smithy's calf is uh, it's an advert. If, if you search for it, it's so Smithy's. You can probably guess how that's spelled. And then calf is spelled K A double F. Just so you uh, just you know, uh, search for the advert of that and. Uh, uh, and then may- maybe pause the recording. Once you've watched that, come back, and the rest of this will make more sense, okay? Or if you don't want to do that, just skip ahead slightly. Yeah. Or, or just listen to us as if we were just a charming noise nearby. Yeah, or watch it later. So anyway, yeah, it's a very bizarre advert where at the end, um, the narrator of the advert says, where is Smithy's calf? Calf, calf. <laughs> <laughs> find out (laughs) doesn't say where just says find out um now we don't know where smithy's calf is and it doesn't seem to exist anymore but someone (laughs) must know where smithy's calf is and i thought it would be very funny concept for a podcast to 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 cover basically the finding of Smithy's calf and other similarly <laughs> trivial mysteries that don't really matter. Um, uh, but 
someone nevertheless wants to find the solution for. Um, so yeah, that's that's my idea for a podcast is a a, a true crime uh, podcast, but without the crimes, <laughs> just with some sort of mystery that someone wants to solve. I am. Um... I, I mean, I, I, I'm down for it. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've got to admit that after I watched the Smithies Calf advert, uh, um, and um, it, it might have been because I had COVID and hadn't slept for like 40 hours at the time, mm. I did spend quite a lot of time um, rolling around Google Maps of Yorkshire looking for cafes with a similar frontage. Um, <laughs> uh, well, uh, you, you've made one mistake. It's not in Yorkshire. It's in the uh, uh, East Anglia region. Uh, yeah, mm. I mean, I mean, I meant wherever it was. Yeah. Uh, I was just using Yorkshire as a stand-in for, um, you know, somewhere that's not London. Please yeah. don't, please, please don't <laughs> at me, listeners. My my geography is absolutely fucking terrible. I was hoping he wouldn't call me out on it, but he has. Yes, as we know, there's London, Yorkshire, and then Scotland and Wales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's basically it. Uh, Manchester's in Yorkshire, isn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Yes, yeah, it's in yeah. <laughs> uh, West Yorkshire, I think. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I'm quickly get letters about this. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I've I've been to the north. I like the north. I was in Birmingham the other week. It was fine. <laughs> Some people would uh, argue that Birmingham I mean, is in the Midlands, north, yeah. not the north. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you, it's... You've just angered a different set of people now. Well, oh. just, uh, I think you should quit while you're ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I love I love the north. I've been dreading. <laughs> I I I endured reading once for several hours. It was fine. I didn't die. Uh yeah, I I love the north. I'm often visiting the Isle of Wight. Oh, sweet merciful God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought of all the contentious things that come out of my mouth during this fucking podcast. It wouldn't be the fact that I I don't know where places are. I'm sorry. I've <laughs> I've got I've got soft brain. It's not my fault. Oh well. If it's outside the M25, I'm not really sure where it is. I think we mentioned in an earlier season that it turned out that I I didn't think Africa was where it is. Africa's a continent. Mm. <laughs> How do you yeah. expect me to figure out where cities are? Um <laughs> <laughs> I just think I, I mean you just just move on at this point. I've looked I've looked at maps, they just don't go in. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Well. Okay. Have Have I been doing anything else? Much less contentious than that. Um. No. No, I haven't. Is the answer? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> um. Did I mention uh, I'd been playing Cult of the Lamb last time? I think I did talk about that a bit. That's, I think that's... think we've talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I fin I finished that now. I finished that game. Um, it's still very good, uh, very entertaining. Um, sort of like Animal Crossing, except you can murder people who you find slightly irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went to see a film. Yes, which one? Yeah, it was called The Invitation, um, which I, I um, 
at the time I went to see it, it had a rating of 27 out of 100. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to spoil it quite heavily uh, n- now. So, um, right. like, you know, the usual deal where we talk about, where we start this podcast by talking about weird spoiler-ridden things. Um, we, if you want to go and see a movie which um three quarters of people who saw it thought it was not that good then mm-hmm. um then skip ahead a couple of minutes okay okay um so the invitation is is a vampire movie right yeah uh, but it doesn't it doesn't tell you that at any point it's it's you, you know before you go in it's like Oh. D- doesn't tell you that at any point during no. the film. No, no it? point. Uh, no, at the at the end at the end of the credit. You know, I hadn't finished that sentence. Right. Um, okay. there, there was like there were you know additional clauses to right. that sentence that you 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 trampled all over. No, no. Your... At, at, at this point, I'm imagining a film which in which <laughs> nothing much happens, and then at the end of the film, someone as you're walking out of the cinema, someone hands you a piece of paper. <laughs> That says that was a vampire film on it, <laughs> <laughs> or a flyer that says Dumbledore is gay. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, up front, there's no sort of like big uh, vampiratorial revelation or whatever. Um, it's a word. Shut up. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and uh, I know we shouldn't record these late in the evening. You get sassy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, basically a woman, um, finds out that she has surviving family, like all of her immediate family is dead and they, like she, she lives in New York and they live in England and they're like, uh, incredibly rich toffs. Mm. Uh, so they invite her to come over and like for, for a family wedding, uh, to, you know, meet everybody and like get along and, um. Uh, it turns out that that w- one of them is a terribly ancient vampire who who actually name drops himself as Dracula at one point, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, the families have been serving him for generations, and they all have sort of Dracula related names, uh, like like his butler is called Mister Renfield, which I I I didn't pick up on because they mumble his name quite a lot throughout the film. Okay, <laughs> but like, uh, um, and it it sort of just ticks through story beats. Like every time, like there was no point in it where I was surprised by something that that happened. Um, right. and I was like, to me, it sort of felt like I I know it obviously isn't, and this is preposterous, but it felt like the sort of movie you would make if you owned the copyright to Dracula. And it was going to expire unless you <laughs> produced a new Dracula movie, like like Hellraiser twelve or whatever, you know, like <laughs> where where the rights will revert to the original copyright holder unless you produce a film. Um, uh, uh, weirdly, for a, like a vamp, it just felt kind of soulless. Um, right. I I don't know. Like, um, and every. Uh, uh, all the all the story beats are so telegraphed. It's like, okay, well, she's going to fall in love with him here. Excellent, yes. And there you go. Oh, the ending is so. Uh, 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 I won't spoil it in case you want to watch it. But 
I mean, like you know, it's, but it's not it's, great. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's a fine movie. I'm, I'm, I'm probably be seeming harsher than I actually. I mean, I watched it, and like you know, the two hours passed. Mm. I wasn't, I wasn't sick or anything. I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't like I hate this. I was just like, yes, this is a film. Well done. <laughs> Excellent. Competent workmanship all round. <laughs> So there you go, everyone. The invitation for an entirely forgettable movie <laughs> experience. It, it, it extremely workmanlike. <laughs> <laughs> it's got um, it's got Sean Pertwee in it, and he's he's quite good. Okay. Yeah, he's 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 uh, he's an actor. Um, he was in Event oh. Horizon. It's lucky you as an actor, really. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you you're such a little shit. Really, really <laughs> lucked out with that one. <laughs> what What did you want me to say? I don't know. He had good look. Mise en scène. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, he had excellent mise en place. Um... <laughs> um <laughs> Look, I look. I know two things about about him. Um, okay. Uh, all right, three things now. One, I know two films he was in, and okay. uh, and the third thing is his dad was one of the Doctor Who's. Was the third Doctor? There you go. Okay. There you go. Yep. John Pertwee. That's yep. his dad. Yeah. Yep. Pertwee. Yep. It's a good name. Pertwee. Um, uh, listeners, uh, try try saying Pertwee aloud, no matter where you are. If you're on the bus, um. <laughs> try whispering it um, conspiratorially to the person next to you. <laughs> S- select a random stranger, write the word Pertwee on a single piece of paper, slip it to them, and then hurry away. Yes, I cannot in- stress that you absolutely should not do that. <laughs> Do it in such a way that they don't notice. Um, uh, if we can get enough people doing this, then maybe it will make the news. <laughs> maybe it will lead to the downfall of society. <laughs> oh, this is going to end with somebody slipping a bit, me a bit of paper that says fucking Pertwee, isn't it? Mm. If, every time I mention something like this on this fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um... Oh, okay, and, and some other exciting news. Um, I, I, I went to play Resident Evil Four earlier, and um, and it it didn't work. Yeah, I saw you attempt to. Yeah, I, try, I tried to launch it three times, and it then didn't it didn't work. Mm. But then I didn't feel like trying to figure out why it didn't launch. Well, what a tale. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I spent perhaps two minutes on it. Shall we, we move on to the heft of the podcast? Yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> let's move on to the the girth. No. 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 No, I'm very uncomfortable now. <laughs> let's let's move on to the to to the to the, the podcast meat. Let's go back to yeah. that that old old the, meaty the, chestnut. The crux. The cru- the the pod crux. Yes. That sounds like the thing you have to find to make us stop podcasting, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, my notes say introduce game with bells. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I well, refuse. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know where the bell is at the yeah, moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Your bell is in a box. Uh, mine yeah. is... I think it's fallen behind my air conditioner. <laughs> I think it's upstairs. I'm not going upstairs. Hang on, I'm going to produce a perfect ding like a bell. Ding! There we go. Oh, uncanny. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> You know, and and it's it's a thing like you know it's part of the rules of the podcast. It's just we explain it every episode, even though we don't need to. So yeah, do, do, do that. I just point out that you said the word, and I will now say ding. Mm. 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 Which word did I say? You said, uh, and I can say this because I'm talking about the game um, <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, w- w- let's not talk about the thing, Peter. Let- for the final time this season, what wouldn't you not not like to not hear about? Uh, I do not know what is left. Just, <laughs> just tell me. Put me out of my misery. Would you like to hear about Frank Oz? I thought we'd already done Frank Oz, uh, but apparently not. Let's. Go for it. Well, no, now that you've said that, you've made me extremely concerned. <laughs> Do you just want to check whether we'd done <laughs> Like, I, d- I don't think we did, but but I, I have all my notes here and I can check. Listeners, we're doing it live. No, we didn't. You're, you're an imbecile and a buffoon. Uh, I think it's probably just that I said Frankoz as yeah. a suggestion once and that stuck in my craw. All right. Yeah. Well. Well. You're wrong. You're you're wrong, and I hate you. <laughs> wow. I hate you for your wrongness. Explain <laughs> Frank Oz to me. Shouldn't record these later. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Frank Oz is in this movie playing Alan Stevens, the lawyer. Hmm. Frank Oz, born Frank Richard Osnowitz, May twenty fifth, nineteen fifty four, is a British born American actor filmmaker, and puppeteer. He began his career as a puppeteer, performing the Muppet characters of Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal, and Sam Eagle in The Muppet Show, and Cookie Monster, Burton Grover in Sesame Street. He is also known for the role of Yoda in the Star Wars series, having puppeteered and provided the voice for the character in several films and television series. His work as a director includes The Dark Crystal, 1982, The Muppets Take Manhattan, 1984, Little Shop of Horrors, 1986, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, 1988. What About Bob, 91. In and Out, 1997. Death at Funeral, 2007. And an episode of the US television series Leverage. You've uh, you mu- you've definitely seen some of those, Peter. I know you've seen Little Shop of Horrors because I like it a lot and I watch yeah. it quite regularly. <laughs> I didn't know he directed What About Bob. Uh, that Wow. What is What About Bob? I, I didn't know that one. I've not seen it. It's uh, a comedy starring Bill Murray and uh, Richard Dreyfuss uh, about. Uh, oh, a he's 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 not he's not neurotic, is he? And he yes. he's always sort of like I have seen it. Wow, he goes to visit his psychiatrist while he's on yeah holiday. on holiday. Yeah. Mm. Oh wow. Oh, I haven't thought about that film in forever. I remember being fairly entertained by it as a child. <laughs> 
Me too. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, that was that was very exciting. For a minute there, I thought you might have seen a film that I hadn't seen, <laughs> which like would be fucking unprecedented. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, as we've discussed at length, uh, um, Peter was never shown films up until the age of um, 39. And um, when he first saw one reacted, much as those people who saw that uh, first film reel of a train coming towards them as if, oh, the train, it's going to run us over. I'd have gone with uh, that War of the Worlds radio <laughs> or something like that. Um. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, have you seen The Dark Crystal? Uh, no, I actually haven't. I've seen a little bit of the uh, the recent mm. uh, TV series, but uh, not very much. Yeah, it's, the, the TV series is quite good. I... I, I don't like the dark crystal i don't enjoy it because everything in it is kind of gross to look at yeah and, and the skexis are really fucking annoying to listen to mm. um but the tv series tones down all of their more annoying qualities from right. everything and is, is much more watchable it's it's very i enjoyed it a lot um and they got cancelled uh, because a it was very very expensive uh, and B, I think season two was going to be about a Gelfling genocide. So, um, wow, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's like a whole population of them in the in the TV series, and in the film, there's two left. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> oh boy, what <Right> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How how entertaining can we make our our puppet show um, about? Giga death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's very well made, very well directed. I, I just personally don't like it that much because the puppets are kind of gross to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can kind of see that. Yeah, mm. they were never that visually appealing to me. <laughs> um, in addition to performing this variety of characters, Oz was one of the primary collaborators responsible for the development of the Muppets. Uh, he performed as a Muppet performer in over 75 productions, including Labyrinth, video releases and television specials, as well as countless other public appearances, episodes of Sesame Street and other Jim Henson series. His puppetry work spans from 1963 to the present, although he's semi-retired from performing his Muppet characters in 2001. Uh, do you want to guess how Ryan Johnson met him? Uh, was it during Star Wars? Yeah, it was while they were making yeah. Star Wars The Last Jedi and asked him to appear in Knives Out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, it's, it's it's nice when the connections are, are easy and obvious. I, I, don't yes. have to, I don't have to do any, like, you know, research. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always thought that it was a really good decision. Uh, I think we might have even talked about this during... Uh, uh, when when we brought up uh, the last Jedi, I always thought it was a mm. good decision to use puppet uh, Yoda yeah, for that. Yeah. I it just sold it a lot more to me. It felt more like old style Yoda, both because of that, but also just because of the way that he was written in that scene. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he is um, certainly one of the more memorable bits from mm. uh, the more recent. Star Wars movies. Yeah. Uh, now, it's time for me to answer your questions from the previous episode. Ooh. 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 
you had a question. Did I? Yes. Um, it was about um, how common the expression in for a penny, in for a pound is in America. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the answer is, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I did some research and I couldn't find out. However, I did find out that, that an alternate phrase is slightly more common. In for a dime, in for a dollar. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, so you just... So you they just, do use that, yeah. You've just got to find your, um, you know, your local equivalent um, and use that. Uh, Polish listeners, if you um, if you have something that's like in for a zloty, <laughs> then, um, <laughs> please write in and tell us what it is. It, I, I was sorry, I got a bit hung up on um, idioms like that where it requires a rhyming scheme, because there must be something similar, but... Um, Probably not a transliteration. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose it doesn't really need to rhyme. No. But I guess the rhythm works yeah. better in some languages than others. In for an X, in for a Y. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that that's fairly on brand uh, a slightly disappointing answer to, to a mm. question. We, we don't know. I, I looked it up couldn't find out. It's, it's fine. <laughs> okay. So I guess with that, uh, unless unless you have anything you'd like to say, it's uh, it's time for us to start watching the last bit, isn't it? Mm. So uh, so we better we better review your answers, your final answers, because I guess I'm not going to ask you these questions after this episode because it's the last one, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's how this works. So, if you were seeing this for the first time, who do you think the murderer is, and how did they do it? You reckon that uh, that it was it was ransom all along? Um, mm. Well, you don't uh, actually. You think that Harlan killed himself because Harlan killed himself. Yeah, but ransom was trying to do a murder, and Marta was innocent all along. Yes, yeah. R- ransom was ultimately responsible, as he. Uh, 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 as he says in the last episode, what, what do you got me for? Attempted murder? And it's still pretty bad, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, even like, even if Marta hadn't noticed the medicines and had accidentally overdosed him on morphine, if Ransom hadn't done what he had done, she would have had the antidote stuff on her. So Not that would have so. been okay. Mm. Uh, so yes, he was, uh, and then the following bit wouldn't have happened anyway. So he was still ultimately responsible for the death. Uh, the uh, the minimum sentence for attempted murder is six years in mm. prison, which um, oh, <laughs> that's 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 quite a long time. That's a big old chunk. Mm. Um, uh, and you said what happens next, and and should I go through this because you you got it pretty spot on um uh i I would say i got it pretty spot on but the one part that i missed is that there is a conversation between uh marta and uh blanc that i don't think i really mentioned no you didn't so so we've got uh marta throws up into ransom's face she lied Mm -hmm. he is a murderer he realizes repeats in for a penny grabs a knife and tries to stab her with it but it's a stage knife Mm -hmm. he looks embarrassed says shit then gets taken away yes the family look on from outside as Marta stands on the balcony with her My House mug, and then the film ends. Mm. 
Oh, and I, Linda reveals the invisible writing on Harlan's letter. <laughs> yes, I did mention that bit. So, so just the conversation that I didn't mention. Yeah. So for, very good. Uh, like, uh, I mean, that's sort of what I'd expect, really, from from a movie like this, is that you remember the start quite well and the end quite well and get a little bit fuzzier on the details in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, time for us to start. The, the the last little bit, we're going to be watching two hours to two hours and ten minutes and six seconds because we didn't want to do episode 17 about two minutes of credit. Don't yeah. fucking at me. Um, of, <laughs> of knives. Out. Ah. Marta throws up in Ransom's face. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's very chunky. Oh, I tell you, I'm I'm really glad this was the start of an episode. It was, yeah. it was such a fantastic cut. I di- I swear I didn't do it on purpose. It just panned out this way. It was brilliant. Well, you, in many ways, you couldn't have done this on purpose because that would have involved uh, predicting that for the third <laughs> season of this uh, this podcast, we were going to do Knives Out, and then figuring out what minute chunks we would have to split it into <laughs> in order that we get um that cut and then in order to cover your tracks deciding on two different films to do first <laughs> which is quite elaborate you uh you don't think i'm capable of such a xanatos gambit uh i just don't think you did <laughs> no I, also i didn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right i mean like yeah. like uh, I, I'm just happy it, it, it coincidentally came out this way. Very serendipitous. It was uh, pro- probably one of my favorite kind of cuts <laughs> that we've, we've had between, uh, between eight-minute chunks. Uh, Ryan Johnson says he likes to watch this bit of the film with an audience to see who realizes it when, based on Marta's expression, the stilted speech into the phone, uh, and her eyes are sort of welling up with tears. Mm. Which I've, I've never noticed. Um, and I wrote these notes. <laughs> uh, what do you want to guess that stuff on his face is? Oh, that's a really good question. I haven't even thought of it. It looks quite realistic looking. Um, mm. uh, I'm guessing that it might just be literally just chunks of ham and stuff uh, and actual food bits. Uh, it was um it was in fact actual vomit. No. No, of course no. it's not. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course no. it's not. It's um it's chunky apple cinnamon baby food. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I can yeah, sure. <laughs> uh Ryan Johnson says he kept telling the continuity editor to add more goop, and Chris Evans was like, This is sufficient goop now, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh um <laughs> He begged for this part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he did, but I don't think at the time he realised it meant that somebody would be flinging spoonfuls of apple cinnamon <laughs> baby food into his face over and over. <laughs> Acting, <laughs> such a glamorous job. Yeah. Um. um Marta falls on the floor, knocking the chair over, and everyone reacts with disgust, especially Ransom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That means she's lying, cries Trooper Wagner. (laughs) With delight, again, his performance never lets me down. It's it's, it's very good. 
Uh, the script says he's inappropriately excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and boy, does Noah he can really get that across. Um. <laughs> yeah. He's the, he's the audience. <laughs> that means he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fran is dead, and Ransom confessed to her murder on a recording. Mm. I don't see how. Mm, oh, the fact that they they show the record the phone recording as like you know crucial evidence. I'm, I'm like, I confess to it in front of three detectives. I mean, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's not hearsay. <laughs> Having a recording does make it stronger, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ransom thinks for a split second, says, in for a penny, and grabs a knife from the knife wheel. Mm. Ooh. There's some excellent sort of like um, deep bassy music here to go along with this. Yeah, I didn't actually notice it at mm. the time. In one job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, we've been, we've been through, this, through this. Yeah, you have I, multiple jobs. Yes. <laughs> and I, I treasure you for them. <laughs> A little less when you're constantly picking me up on my floors, but fine. <laughs> um, in slow motion, we see everyone react too slow as he plunges the knife into Marta's chest. Um, gasp! Oh, <gasps> yeah. There you go. Sorry, I know what happens next. So I didn't yeah, really yeah. Gasp. We we spoke about it. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not gasp worthy. It's gasp worthy that when you see it for the first time. Mm. Yeah. Um, these bits were shot with a very high frame rate camera. Uh, which with just the two of them falling back onto a mat. Mm. Um, so they they'd do it do a take then they'd all gather around the monitor to see what it looked like then like go back and do it again until they got mm. one that they really liked as i understand it when you have a really high frame rate camo everything needs to be extra well lit yeah um because you get less light through the aperture yes because it's only capturing the light for a very short time before it has to capture the next frame right mm -hmm. yeah uh, so that they have to flood the whole area with uh, with light so that the slow motion looks like it's at a normal light level did you um did you ever see that camera that was capable of capturing like i they did a slow mo recording of one photon um <laughs> oh really yeah um inexplicably in a bottle of coke like uh, an empty coke bottle filled with water because it diffuses it a bit i i don't know where i'm going with this just it was interesting to look at i don't think i have seen it i don't have a, don't have anything to add about it just google it i guess <laughs> wonderful <I'm> brilliant <laughs> this is why i wrap my notes in advance <laughs> i live for this shit <laughs> back in real time a ransom's laying on top of her but she doesn't seem hurt at all some reason my memory of this was that she was against a wall, even though that's clearly not the case. No, it's mm. the floor. The floor is the wall of the bottom. As sure. the saying goes. <laughs> um, curiously, he draws the knife out, revealing it's a spring-loaded prop knife. Just like the thing Harlan said before in the film where he's talking about... <laughs> 
Talk about yeah. ransom and the prop knife. That bit annoys me because um, uh, it's like a uh, it's like a weight bait. <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't at me. We're using this. Um, but he's uh, Harlan is talking about it metaphorically. He's saying yeah. something like, you know, oh, playing life like a game until you can't tell the difference between a real knife and a stage prop. Mm. And then at the end, he can't tell the difference between a real knife and a stage prop. Yeah, um, it's a bit on the nose, but I, I, I mean, I think I, I think I said at the time uh, when we talked about this the first time, I'll, I'll kind of allow it just because it, it does actually kind of seem like the sort of thing that Harlan would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not out of place for him, as yeah. we've discussed at length throughout the season. Mm. <laughs> Uh, he um he tests the knife a little bit on her chest, and it just sort of like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um the the sound guy says that there are there are two sound effects for the knife um a, a meaty real sounding one when she's first stabbed, and mm-hmm. a spring loaded toy noise um which uh in the edit they just kept going back on to make it sound sillier and sillier. <laughs> <laughs> Ransom says. Shit. <laughs> it's excellent line delivery of a single word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at this point, he's only got the only thing he's got to gain out of this is achieving another murder in, mm. in front of the police. So. Yeah, but like, remember at the end of the previous episode, he goes through his lengthy diatribe about how even if it's not going to him, you know, the Harland's money is theirs, not hers. So, I mean, if she dies before she can claim the inheritance, I guess that's a very interesting situation. I mean, I guess it would go to uh, back to the thrombies. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, man. I I don't, (laughs) would it, would it go? Cause she doesn't have any descendants. So uh, I, I would guess it would either go back to the thrombies or more likely just be taken by the government. Yeah, it yeah. might go to her family, maybe? I'm not sure. Um, I, I imagine it's the sort of thing that would get drawn out for a very long time in court, regardless. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, regardless of anything, uh, Ransom isn't seeing any of that money. <laughs> no, no, that's true. So I don't think that he's doing this for money reasons, he's just purely doing this because revenge. He, he he's like, oh well, before I get arrested, I can maybe get a proper murder out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the killers always develop the taste for murder, don't they? Hmm. The police grab him as the camera pans up from Marta laying on her back, and we fade to black. We come back into Linda walking into Harlan's office to replace the baseball on the table. Remember the saga of the baseball from earlier? Yes. As she does, she finds the blank letter to L that Richard opened some days ago. Outside, Walt and Jacob wait by a car as Ransom is led by in handcuffs. I did notice the score during this part because it's quite interesting here. Mm. You've almost got a little jazz trio here going on with a piano and uh, some drums and a mm. uh, what sounds like a double bass uh it's very reminiscent to me of kind of old-fashioned mystery scoring you could easily uh 
imagine it fitting quite well in some sort of Agatha Christie ad- adaptation. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. exactly the vibe he was going for as well. Mm. Um, so he said this this whole scene is in silence except for like a, a jazz tune. Yeah. Um, uh, Nathan Johnson, the um, composer, originally wrote this using only the piano, mm. um, but then the ending of the movie was much too somber. Right. Uh, so they added in the drums and double bass to give it a bit more energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you notice uh, it's it's very clever uh, here? Um, as the policeman with ransom walks by, Donna looks at him in shock. Um, and in the final cut of the movie, you read that as her being shocked that ransom is being arrested for doing a murder. Mm. But um, the policeman who walks by her, do you remember the deleted scene with the man waiting on the porch? Uh, oh, right, yes. It's him. It's it's the guy who was pretending to be a gangster on her doorstep. So the implication here is that Blank got that guy to dress up as a killer, lurk on her doorstep to frighten her, to put her in the right state of mood, to come clean about you know the whole situation. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, it sort of makes me wish they hadn't taken that scene out just mm. for this like two seconds of sort of horrified shock on her face as he walks by. But fortunately, because he's right next to Ransom, you just read it as her looking at Ransom. <laughs> yeah, I, and even if they had kept that in, I don't know how many times I would have had to watch this film in order to pick up on that. Yeah, I definitely would have picked it up from one of those uh, mm. eleven facts about Knives Out. You missed the twenty seventh yeah. time you watched it. I can't call them out too much because a, I used them for research, and b, <laughs> and, and b, that's sort of what this podcast is, except drawn out to an excruciating degree. Yes, <sighs> a really just, what we want to provide is a really inconvenient way to learn about <laughs> films. Uh, I, uh, first of all, it takes place over a number of weeks. It's split up arbitrarily into <laughs> eight-minute chunks, and we proceed every discussion by at least three-quarters of an hour of dis- discussion of anything but the actual film. Uh, I think you mean proceed rather than proceed. Uh <laughs> Oh, you you know you know I've not got much going on when I have to pick you up on, uh, <laughs> on that kind of thing. Yeah, thank thanks for ruining my little uh, impromptu monologue I did just then. Thank yeah, good, good. Much. Fuck you, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's, it's the hostile listening experience, but turned up to twelve this week. Yes, or perhaps sixteen because it's the sixteenth episode of the season. Let's move on. Um, I I. You know when you have a thought and it sort of makes your head swim when you have like this little realization. Mm. Uh, like I had one of those this week where I was like, people listen to this podcast and like more people listen to it than are people that I specifically forced to listen to it. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. If you're someone who listens to this podcast like regularly, like a like a person who has put this perhaps in their podcast app as one that it wants to download each week. And and listen to, just out of genuine enjoyment for this, and not just out of a sense of obligation because you're one of our friends. Um, 
Let firstly, us know. Firstly, thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. You know. yeah, thank you for that. Let us know. <laughs> uh, we we want to know what's in your head. <laughs> Help us improve for you, the listener. Yes. We yeah. want to understand you. If we want to pick you apart with tools. Yes. We, no, we don't, we don't uh, want to do that. Yeah, no, no we don't. Let's make, I think we need to make it absolutely clear that we're not going to dissect you. Um, or vivisect you. I, I was going to, I'm glad you said that because I needed clarification on whether vivisection was a subsection of dissection. I think you've said section too many times for me to <laughs> care about this anymore. Let's move on. Let's move on to a different section of the podcast. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Ransom walks past Joni and Meg, who is distraught at something Elliot is telling her. Uh, probably the news that Fran is dead. Hmm. Richard runs up and speaks at the police, who keep walking Ransom to the car. So we've still got the sort of jazzy music, so we don't yeah. know what he's saying. Also, he's holding something in his hand, and I absolutely have no idea what it is. Um, oh, yeah, we <laughs> talked about this. He's kind of waving something at them. At first, when I watched this, I thought it was like a wadge of cash or something. <laughs> yeah, w w whenever I've seen it before, I've, I've just sort of taken it in as a pack of cards, and I'm like, it's not though why why would he be holding that <laughs> maybe it's a wallet or a phone or yeah, something it's, it's either his wallet or a phone yeah i don't think it's a phone maybe it's his wallet mm. weird thing to be waving at a policeman but fine i mean the, the he's the sort of person who would just be like i i can make this go away with money right <laughs> um they they take that fairly seriously <laughs> yeah but they've got no self-awareness at all. No, that's, this, that's is, true. this is well established dur during the film, I think. So I can absolutely believe Richard as the sort of person who'd just be like, okay, how much <laughs> of this cash do I need to give you not to make this arrest happen? Please don't arrest my son. Yeah. As they recede into the distance, Linda puts a cigarette in her mouth and uses her lighter to reveal the invisible ink on the letter. Yeah. So, like, I 100 million percent predicted this while we were enjoy while we were watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Um and like I I was really pleased because like I'm a huge dork. I think that's come up in the podcast and mm -hmm. I I, re I really enjoy like spy bullshit like uh, you know invisible ink and all that kind of crap and should, when there's a lengthy thing where you're like oh you you can only talk to dad if you figure out games you can play with him and yeah. like everyone's like oh metaphorical games and then you see a blank letter i was like it's invisible ink in it it's he's um he's he's used lemon juice <laughs> right <laughs> or, or actual invisible ink you know? <laughs> it's it's still interesting mm. though i think i said when we were talking about the uh, that conversation or the, that uh, thing that she said earlier about um, uh, about the game that you yeah. have to have with Harlan, yeah, that it's it it is kind of having a relationship at a bit of a distance. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's he's not close with any of his children. Mm. Um. Probably Linda is the closest, but again, right. as we've learned, that he he's not prepared, really prepared to engage unless she's playing his game. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, it's still a bit of a relationship by proxy of this mm. weird arrangement that they have. Um, Harlan's uh, handwriting is 
like loopy and ostentatious. Um, mm. But the letter reads, uh, my heart, it's time to cut the dead wood. He's cheating on you. I have proof I know you don't need to see. Untether yourself. It's time, Dad. All right. Mm. She looks up at Richard, who's shouting off screen about attorneys, with a hurt expression on her face. Richard stops talking as he realizes the game is up. Yeah, it does look like he's kind of understood what's happened, but I, I mm. don't, I don't know how he gets that just from that look. It's, I mean, she she's holding the letter. I, I is, guess she's holding the, the letter. Clear, yeah. Has he he put it together that there, there was something on that letter? Maybe yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I I would have if if I were were. Linda's cheating husband, Richard, I would have destroyed the letter. Mm. But he doesn't. Yeah, I, I it's suppose hubris. He, did, he did tell her that, or rather, he did tell him that he had written mm. that letter. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I suppose he would put it together here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, it takes him a couple of seconds, but he does figure yeah. it out. Um, so as as Jamie Lee Curtis is staring at him off screen, uh, her mouth has fallen open and the cigarette is hanging from her bottom lip. Yeah, and uh, I I I was watching for it to fall throughout this whole thing, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's very good. She's uh, she's still sort of in control, even in like you know her darkest moments. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's kind of interesting that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis smokes in the film when she got Lakeith Stanfield to stop smoking on this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Marta asks Blank when he knew that she had something to do with Harlan's death. And he replies, from the first moment he set eyes on her and gestures to the blood droplet on her shoe. Mm. Peter, this is Sherlock Holmes level bullshit. <laughs> that bl- that droplet of blood could have spot. been from anywhere. It's <laughs> smaller than the whole of a shoelace. How good is his eyesight? What is he, part eagle? It could have been like a spot of pen or something or anything. <laughs> Sometimes um, marks get onto something. Yeah, if if you saw me and I had a tiny red spot on me somewhere, would you assume that I'd been recently involved in a murder? I mean, it would be a little bit difficult because you very often are wearing red clothes. That's true. Yeah. I, I, I looked down as I said that and I'm wearing a red t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good advice for murderers. Uh, wear mm. red. Um, wear red. Yeah. Or don't. I have a question for you, Peter, that I don't think you'll know the answer to because it's just a general question. Why is dried blood in movies always red when literally everyone knows it dries to brown very quickly? Um, I mean, the spot, I... On, the spot on her shoe is still red. That's what made me think of this. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Um, I would say it's just because it is more obviously blood because most people kind of clear up blood before it goes brown. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but every but everybody knows that that blood is red at first and then goes brown because everybody's had like a cut or um, you know, like a. Had to put a plaster on it, and it's not still red inside the plaster, is it? <laughs> it's a visual conceit that we still use, even though everybody knows it's not true. 
Yeah, and in this case, it's actually plot relevant because I I think that a little brown splodge on a shoe is even less memorable yes. and noticeable than a red one. Yeah, if 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 you saw me and I was wearing white shoes with a little tiny brown spot on it, I'd assume it was dirt. You got some <laughs> dirt on them, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, you were outside and you got your shoe dirty. Mm. Oh Christ. <laughs> Blank tells her that she won not by playing Harlan's game, but by playing hers, and that she's a good person. Hmm. Do we do we agree with both of those points? Uh, I think she is a good person. Yeah. Uh, uh, the thing that I took away from this really is that uh, Blank doesn't really seem to like any of them, including Harlan. He didn't mm. like. I don't think that he liked the fact that Harlan tried to kind of manipulate her into playing this kind of one final game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I can't remember how the conversation specifically goes, but I remember when he's talking about um, when Marta and him are first talking outside at night when he's smoking a cigar. And she mm. says, did you know Harlan? He says, my father knew him. My father respected him. Mm. You know, uh, he, he kind of evades the subject, doesn't he? He doesn't yeah. specifically say, I knew Harlan. And he doesn't, but he also kind of like doesn't. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think he'd think, I think he thinks everything would have been better if Harlan hadn't come up with this ludicrous game. Yes. Marta asks Blank if she should help them. And he says that he has his opinion, but that she's going to follow her own heart. And he mm. walks away. Do you do you think she helps them? I think she does. I think she does. I think she'd give them some money. Not all the money, but some yeah. money. Yeah. Marta steps outside into the hall, draped in a blanket and holding a coffee mug to look at the portrait of Harlan. Um, he's smiling here. It's another of those uh, changed portrait shots. Right. But it's um, probably the most obvious because the camera actually lingers on it for once. Right. Outside, Ransom is about to be pushed into a cop car when he turns and sees Marta standing on the balcony looking down at him. It's an interesting look that he gives back there. It's mm. seeming to acknowledge that she won. It's, it's almost a kind of look of re- respect. Yeah, it's it's it. It's sort of like a w- you have bested me, opponent. <laughs> right. Uh, he's like he's going to come back for more, but obviously he won't because he's going to be executed for murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, um. That's a thing that, that comes up in the Columbo podcast, isn't it? Which oh, is a great podcast that we should probably plug because we both enjoyed it. It's over now, and the two fellows who've done it have moved on to other things, which are also good podcasts. But um, mm. if you like investigatory stuff, the Columbo podcast is well worth listening to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they, they definitely um, bring that up at one point in that podcast where they're like, uh, almost all, all of these people that Columbo brings down are going to be executed. For, for for doing a murder, <laughs> mm. which puts a slightly different spin on them. Sometimes. Does um does California have the death penalty? I... Yes, I believe it does. It does. Mm. Yep. 
And where um, is this set? Uh, where is Knives Out set? Yeah, I can't remember. Boston. Or Massachusetts. Do they, do they have the death penalty in Massachusetts? Uh, I'm going to say yes while I Google it. All right. Okay. Could you could you fill? Um, just imagine that I'm playing the drums like that. The person in in the score who's going a little wild on the drums uh, behind the piano. Oh wow! No, they don't. They don't. Okay. Massachusetts does not. So so he's he's okay. He's just going to go to prison for life. Yes. Cool. That's that's better. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not that sort of podcast. Let's not get into this. <laughs> if you have an opinion about whether it's better or not, don't write in. Don't write in. I, I, I don't want to know it. I will delete these emails unread. Um, Richard turns around, shaking his head, revealing a fresh black eye. Which I've, uh, it's, it's a slightly subtle one, so I've never really noticed it before. Uh, interestingly, um, it was added in post. It's a uh, visual effect. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, it's not, it's not makeup on him. Uh, Ryan mm. Johnson thought it would be nice if you could see that Richard had received an immediate comeuppance for his cheating. Mm. <laughs> Richard sees Marta standing there and the whole family turns to look at her. So, um, Marta's holding the coffee cup in her hand that we're going to get a big reveal of in a couple of seconds. Um, yes. uh, and originally all of the text on the mug was visible, mm. uh, but they realized it was more impactful to end with the text. So they edited the position of her hand in post. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> nice <laughs> little touch. Marta lifts the mug of coffee to take a sip and her hand is now covering all the text on it, except for my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, not deliberate, but a nice little vindictive thing to end on. Yeah, really good final shot. Very memorable. Mm, very, very good. Yeah, you definitely called it out in the last episode, and you? It's, it's, it sticks in the mind. Yeah. Uh, this mug was specifically manufactured for the film, but replicas are now available. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, the music raises, and we get a Knives Out title card, and the credits roll. Uh, what song is that playing over the credits? Uh, the song we're listening to here is Sweet Virginia by the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, when asked during a Q&A session uh, how Ryan Johnson picked that song, he said, expensively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, licensing music is expensive. <laughs> Especially famous songs. It very much is. Um, I like that we get the portraits during yeah, the credits. Yeah, the credits uh, play out as little portraits, very, very reminiscent of Clue, which mm. ends in exactly the same way, except in Clue, their photographs in here, they're sort of like oil paintings. Yeah. Um, the portraits here, done in the style of the Clue characters, are done by Nathan Johnson's brother, Zach. Okay. Keep the whole thing in the family, right? Um, yeah, it's it's a really nice touch to see them, and um, obviously they they're very they're in a sort of more flamboyant outfits that they used on the um, on the sort of advertising hoardings where they've got like you know like bright red and bright green costumes, yeah. sort of like the traditional clue pieces. Yeah, it's a, it's a really n- nice sort of touch. I'm glad they did it. I hope they do something similar for the. Um... Uh, for the next one, maybe make it a sort of little motif. 
oh yeah, I'm re- I'm really excited for uh, for Glass Onion at this point. Mm. Soon, so, now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, um, three months away. Yeah. So that credit ending brings us to the end of the movie Knives Out and and this season of the podcast. Oh right. Uh, so the credit the credits roll the credits roll and we uh, we we read them all and we enjoy them. Uh, do you remember when we first did this for the thing and I was going to write ding? I said the thing. Yeah. The, oh, when we first did it for the thing uh, for you, you talking about the film. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I demand this thing be rescinded at once. I, I immediately and unreservedly rescind my ding. I. <laughs> I think you might have to write me a letter of apology. <laughs> I will not do that. I know, I know. Do I know. continue. Yeah. yeah, so when when we did this for the first season, uh, John Carpenter's 1982 The Thing, is that better for you? Ding, oh, sorry, no. <laughs> fuck did it fuck again. you, fuck Shit. you. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, for the end credits, I was going to write a little, like, one sentence about everybody in the credits. Mm. And then we realized how preposterously difficult that would be. Too many people. Yeah, it, it was like 150-something names, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, modern film, a lot more. So <laughs> so again, we always like to sum these seasons up by saying, like, thank you to everybody who worked on the movie. Because, I mean, we call out, like, you know, the director, the DOP, you know, the actors who are obviously the most visible faces of the film, but like literally everyone involved can yeah. be really proud that they worked on something and it came off really well and like loads of people have enjoyed it. Yes, making these uh, making these kind of productions which are even, I, I would say, compared to the last two that we did, this one is relatively simple in the way that it's shot and the the number of effects that are involved in that sort of thing mm. but even the simplest kind of version of filmmaking is it's incredibly uh complicated there's so much involved that i i have a great deal of respect for people who are are good at what they do with this and uh, video effects, especially, I mean, like, uh, you don't realize just they're so good at their job that you don't realize how many video effect shots are used in films now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quite a number, even in, in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as we've talked about, the paintings. <laughs> yeah, things, yeah. Uh, things like that. And uh, uh, it's it takes an awful lot of people to pull one of these off basically mm. and uh I, I it's like games as well when once i've finished um uh what uh, once i've finished playing a game especially one that i really enjoyed i like to just sit through the credits i'm it's not like i'm going to remember all of the names i barely know the names of my good friends to be quite honest <laughs> but but uh but I like to just take the moment to mm. acknowledge all of the effort that went went into it, and uh, uh, so yeah, thanks everyone who made this film that we enjoyed. It's 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 interesting that you mentioned the names because um, since starting this podcast, um, 
I've actually become more insufferable in that now I'm genuinely starting to remember people's names from the credits, like for what they did on other films. Uh, it's like I was watching a film the other night and I was like, oh, Albert Whitlock, he was the map painter for The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, I'd never. I, it takes me so long. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I don't need a name, need to remember a name anymore as well, it um, it just goes. Yeah, yes, immediately. Yeah. Like I was thinking of some people that I worked with, like every day, of, <laughs> like but two jobs ago. Yeah, and I I don't have their names anymore. I don't I don't <laughs> have their names anymore. Uh, Listeners, if you used to work with Peter two jobs ago, and <laughs> I'm uh, I'm sorry, it, it's not that I didn't like you. It's just that the um. It's just that you're unmemorable. My brain has gone, well, no need for those names anymore. Sorry, you're gone. Make way for whatever ten names I currently need to remember. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Peter. If you were seeing this for the first time... No, <laughs> I think after the credits have rolled, I can't ask you those questions. That's that's a rule. <laughs> you know what? I remember the name of my first uh, uh, boss a couple of jobs ago, but that's because his name is Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go into the office and say, Peter? Peter? Don't remember his last name. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Silk. <laughs> Oh god. Um <laughs> but yes, anyway, to to get to to guide us slowly back on topic. Yeah, I yeah. I won't remember what any of these uh uh people who these people are, what their names are, but it's it just feels nice to <laughs> uh, to watch the credits and go, yeah, well, well done everyone. It cuz I feel I feel like there is a tendency to put all of the attention on the actors mm. for obvious yeah. reasons, and but also all of the attention on like the director as well. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's we're so we're really guilty of that because we 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 are always like Ryan Johnson's knives out yeah. because they're the the figurehead, but yeah. also not the whole story. Yeah, aside from the writers, the directors, <laughs> the actors, you got just so many people who uh, are involved, and not even just involved doing little things for it some of it is really significant to setting the uh setting the mood and mm. uh, like the like the person that is in charge of finding locations for, yeah. for, for the film maybe so so much of the film would feel so so much different if different locations have been found uh and you know, as well, uh, obviously the director's involved in the casting, but there are people who are are casting people who are involved in this as well. Mm. Um, and so without them, the film's going to feel very, very different. Uh, and it, 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 it becomes, all, it, it becomes a bit overwhelming to, <laughs> when you start thinking about all of the different bits of effort that are needed in order to make one of these uh what one of these films come off oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely 
I, uh, I I have nothing but respect for people who work on films, which does make me feel bad when we talk about something like the interview. And I was like, it's not a bad film at all. It's everyone in it acts very well. It's just very workmanlike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's just how things end. You know, sometimes people like things and sometimes they don't. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people can put a great deal of effort in and can believe in a project and it can come off successfully but it just doesn't hit on the same level as as something else that's okay Hmm. like it's not necessarily a condemnation of their abilities or anything like that it's just like not everything can knock it out of the park no 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 of course right um and some things are uh, there's a film that i think we're both interested in watching at some point uh soon uh that we're not expecting to be very good right oh are we talking about blackbird and we are talking about blackbird oh yeah. god i um oh, oh, oh. i don't know how how our, our carefully phrased disclaimer comes out when the film is basically an auteur director's um, uh, the phrase passion project is in my head, but that's not the right phrase. Vanity, Vanity project. project. That's there the one. Yeah. <laughs> when, when basically you've got a lot of money and you're like, what if I made a movie where I was James Bond? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in this sort of situation where it's entirely a vanity thing, it's <laughs> uh, you you can see the whole breadcrumb trail of things that led to this being made, uh, uh, and it's just quite a f- inherently funny situation um, of. Michael Flatley just deciding years and years after Riverdance <laughs> that he wanted to be James Bond uh, and making a film about it uh, and it uh, and all signs pointing it towards it being very bad <laughs> I, I think in that sort of situation you know still acknowledging that to put one of these together at all at all is is pretty difficult and <laughs> takes a lot of effort i think we can indulge in a bit of laughing at michael flatley <laughs> i um <sighs> who entirely brought this on himself <laughs> um, i i i realized i needed to see the movie when i watched the trailer and the trailer ends with him saying forgive me father for i have sinned and I will sin again. <laughs> like, it's, oh, it's oh, it's so fantastic. I uh, at the risk of diverting entirely into black blackbird territory right now. Um, I'm stealing this. I'm stealing this from someone on Twitter. Um, uh, I just need to look up his name. It's uh, Shockproof Beats. Uh, Seamus O'Reilly, who um, you may know as the person who did ketamine in front of the Prime Minister of Ireland. <laughs> um yeah it's a great story go look at his twitter um but he went to see it and the um the cinema he saw it in uh had had a drinking game for for blackbird Do you want to go through it quickly for you peter uh go on then uh drink every time he has a new hat <laughs> <laughs> when he changes his hat on screen down your drink <laughs> <laughs> 
Every time he says Blackbird, Chieftains, or Slick. <laughs> Anytime there's superfluous Gaelic. Uh, an, ominous, uh, an ominous tracking shot. <laughs> Every time there's a flashback. When an outrageously hot woman hits on him or checks him out. <laughs> Every time there's a there's a weird cutaway in the middle of a very different set piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a treat! We we have to do this movie, right? Don't we? I mean, like... <laughs> well, I mean, are you saying we have to do it for eight minute movies? Because I don't yeah, I mean, know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, if you want us to, laugh, if you want us to laugh at a film. For sixteen weeks. <laughs> it seems to make you happy, so I'll think about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, the only problem is there's no there's no eight pun. We can't do it. That's a, that's a rule, I guess. Uh, if we switch to German, we can make it blocked, bird. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I'm not learning German just for this podcast. Voice <laughs> die Bahnhof. <laughs> oh God! We could do Blackbird, but just change the B's to eight. How do you think I would say that? <laughs> I think you'd say Blackbird, but the B's are eight. eight. <laughs> I love it. Okay, that's season four in the bag. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so briefly, at the risk of getting this back on topic, um, I I will ask you what did you think of the movie? What did you What did you think? What was your final assessment of the whole thing altogether? Well, um, I mean, it ha- hasn't changed from the previous times that I've watched it. I I, th- I think it's a great film. It's one of my favorites of recent years. Uh, I. Like you cannot wait until the sequel. Uh, I think that this will, for a long time, be one of my favorite films. Well, I I, I agree. I really like Knives Out. Mm. I'm really looking forward to the sequel. Uh, so, listeners, as we draw this podcast to a close, um, if you have any questions or comments, uh, if they're not about how I don't know where everything in the country is, or indeed the world, <laughs> uh, you, may, you may email us at podcast at 8minutemovies.co.uk. And uh, if you liked this show, um, you should tell a friend or leave a comment wherever you listen to it, like on Apple Podcasts, I believe you can do it there. It really does help us raise engagement and th- what the algorithm decides is all that matters here in the 21st century yeah and uh for the last time this season um i can be found on twitter at kieran j walsh and you peter that's kestrel pie that's kestrel like the bird and pie like the irrational number and also people should probably follow the twitter account for this podcast right because yeah that that's where they might find out when and how the next one is happening. That's that's a very it's a very good point that you bring that up because I I had that thought in bed like a couple of weeks ago mm. that we plug our own individual ones but not the actual 
Twitter account for the podcast, which is yeah. languishing with like seven followers or something. Yeah, um, you should follow that because it it will tell you when the next podcast is happening. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really good. We definitely should have been mentioning it at some point in the preceding 40 episodes of this show. Well, um, we got there at the, in the very end. Uh, well, we we didn't because we didn't tell them what the what the Twitter account handle is. Right. Well, let's tell them now. It's eight minute movies. Uh, but but the eight is the number. N- yeah. All right. So the number eight, and then minute movies. Yeah. Follow that, and at some point when we have an understanding of what the next season of this is going to be and when it's going to start. We will let you know via that. Okay, listeners. Uh, once again, we're sorry, and, <laughs> and also, and also, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, and uh, just you know, doing being you. you, you, you do you. We love you, no matter yeah. who or what you are. Marvelous. Mm. Good. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.